You're listening ad-free with Wondery Plus. This is not a story about an old man in bifocals at the center of a revolution, but rather the tale of a boy who had no idea he'd one day wind up on the $100 bill. And on that dark day in New York City, I stood in a courtroom on charges of murder, facing a judge who seemed determined to find me guilty. I'd like to testify, Your Honor. Hannah, what are you doing? Who are you, girl? My name is Hannah Bowen. Well, Hannah Bowen, you have no standing in this court. And for you to think that you could interrupt me. Excuse Out of the way. Excuse me. Come Bailiff, what's the meaning of this? Out of here, the lot of you. No, wait. Lord, you asked for evidence? Well, here it is. Booby, did you find everything? I told you I would. It's on the sack. What are you doing, Franklin? I'm defending myself. As I said, there's no proof that I murdered George Williamson. You were found with his blood on your hands and your clothes. Let's put that to the test. Unless this court is afraid of the truth. My new friend, John Peter Zenger, spoke out in my defense. Give him a chance, Your Honor. That's the truth be heard. This court is not afraid of anything. A sweet voice called out from the back of the courtroom. Amanda Billingsgate herself, the judge's beloved daughter. Let him speak, Father. We all know how decent and fair you are. What harm could come of it? Amanda. I promised to make this quick. Very well. As my daughter states, I am nothing if not decent and fair. Show the court this so-called proof of yours, Franklin. Thank you, sir. As you can see, this is the coat I was wearing last night at George Williamson's print shop. It is stained with blood. I reached into the burlap sack and took out a small bottle of blood. This bottle, you see, also contains blood. I reached into the sack once again and removed a finely crafted laboratory instrument. Even I was impressed by Ruby's find. Huh. Fancier model than I was expecting. State of the art. And where did you get that device? You might say we borrowed it. It's called a microscope. I don't care what it's called. What has it to do with this case? Please allow me to show you. I scraped a trace of blood from my coat onto a slide and placed it beneath the lens of the microscope. Go on, have a look. I beg your pardon. Have a look, my lord. I see nothing. You have to put your eye over the lens like so. You'll see blood cells, which supposedly belong to George Williamson. Yes, of course. Uh, all right. Uh, <clears throat> yes. Oh, interesting. Now, I'll remove the slide and replace it with another, smeared with blood from this bottle. His lordship peered into the microscope again, and when he looked up, he was smiling from ear to ear. Your experiment has been your downfall, Mr. Franklin. The two samples are identical. Identical? Are you certain? 
Beyond a shadow of a doubt. Beyond a shadow of a doubt. Ruby? What now? Where did you get this bottle of blood? From Butcher Bob in Butcher's Lane. And whose blood does it contain? Can't say I know the name of the pig in question. Pig? Did you say pig? She said pig, my lord. I heard her. Definitely pig, my lord. The two blood samples are identical, my lord. You said so yourself. Therefore, it follows, if it's pig's blood in the bottle, it must also be pig's blood on my coat. Which means... Which means... The blood was not George Williamson's. Perhaps now would be a, a good time to tell you what was written on that note I found in the stale bread. Pig's blood. Written in what appeared to be also blood. I didn't know who'd slipped that note to me in jail, but I'd hoped I knew what it meant. Someone had spilled pig's blood in the shop to make it look as if there had been a murder. On you it, on you all along, the lad was innocent. The brilliant boy has proved it. Order! Order in the court! <coughs> Lord Billingsgate looked at his daughter. He looked at the faces in the crowd. Finally, he looked at me. In view of the new evidence, the court finds Benjamin Franklin not guilty of murder. But as for disturbing the peace, breaking and entering, resisting arrest, and contempt of court, the court finds the defendant guilty. What? I wasn't even charged with those crimes. He can't do that, can he? I believe he just did. Benjamin Franklin, the court sentences you to ten years of hard labor. You know me as Benjamin Franklin, statesman, inventor, founding father. But back in the 1720s, as a teenager in New York, I was just plain Ben. Aspiring printer, budding adventurer, dreamer, and once again, an enemy of the state. Bailiff, take the prisoner back to his cell. Hi, my lord. This way, you. Sorry, Benjamin. I had a feeling this would happen. So long, Danny. Thanks for trying. That's why we came prepared. Dirty dogs, you know what to do. To my amazement, Danny and the dirty dogs sprang into action. Big Lou bumped right into the bailiff, knocking him backwards. Oops! Pardon me, Mr. Bailiff! Then, Ruby grabbed an old man's walking stick. <clears throat> Sorry, sir. Promise to give it back. She used it to catch hold of the hangman's rope dangling just outside the courthouse window. Genius! Close your mouth and grab hold of the rope. Go, Ben. Now. Watchman! Don't let him escape! Hands off that rope. Yes, sir, Mr. Watchman. Just as soon as I'm out of this window! 
In an instant, I was swinging through the air, holding on for dear life to the very rope which was meant to hang me. Frankly, when I get my hands on you... You'll have to catch me first, Mr. Watchman. Let's go of the rope. Great Neptune! I let go of the rope. <laughs> and dropped into a wagon filled with straw. Welcome aboard, then. Harry? Sonny? <laughs> At your service, fresh meat. Hang on. Yeah! Where are we headed? Danny says we need to get you out of town. We'll put you on a boat to Jersey. Huh, you'll do no such thing. <laughs> but, but Danny says... I'm not leaving until I solve the mystery of Mad George. Now take me back to where this all started. <laughs> Where's that? George Williamson's print shop. Where else? They say a criminal always returns to the scene of the crime. I was no criminal, and it, it wasn't even clear what crime had been committed. But once it got dark, I had the dirty dogs drive me back to Williamson's print shop all the same. When I hopped off the carriage, Hannah was there, waiting. About time you got here, Mr. Franklin. Here, take this crowbar in case you get in trouble. <laughs> I calls her Darlin. What's with giving your weapon such cute names? Danny says he'll be seeing you soon. Shia! <laughs> nice fellows. Indeed. How did you know I'd come back here? I didn't. I came back here because George was a friend. I told you on the night we met that there was something he promised to have for me. Another book for the school you hope to build. Something even more valuable. And I suppose you weren't trying to help me in that courtroom when you offered to testify? Can we go inside? You put yourself at a lot of risk, Hannah. Mr. Williamson did the same for me. As I suspect you would, Ben Franklin. They padlocked the door. No trespassing. By order of Lord Billingsgate. Seems his lordship doesn't want anyone poking around the New York Spectator. He's taking this awfully personally, don't you think? He clearly doesn't like you. I tend to have that effect on those in authority. Or maybe there's more to it. We need to look inside. Did the dirty dogs teach you how to pick a lock? Appears to be a basic type, imported from Europe. My brother James, he had a similar one in his shop. Shouldn't be a problem. Your mother is a seamstress. Got any pins or needles? Of course. <sighs> you know, some say... Locks have been around for over 6,000 years. It's believed that ancient Greeks, Romans, and Egyptians each invented versions of padlocks independently from each other. Fascinating. How'd you know? About the lock? About the blood. That it didn't belong to George? Someone sent me a note. And a loaf of stale bread. Who would do that? Danny Quinn? He insisted it wasn't him. Some mysterious benefactor, perhaps. I didn't know for sure that it was real until I looked under that microscope. What does all this mean? Is George alive or dead? Alive, I hope, so we can clear my name. And once this is all over, I'm going to need a job. <sighs> We're in. The printing press is still in pieces, but the blood's gone. Just the stains on the floor left behind. Someone cleaned it up. 
Not all of it. What? They missed the smeared message. On the door to the back room. Right. Tunnel. Huh. Is that pig's blood, too? What are you doing? I'm jumping! I can see that. Why? Join me! It's good exercise! I would. Only, unlike you, I haven't lost my mind. Come on, jump! We need to try every board on the floor. Well, at least if the law finds you, you can still plead insane. Hold on. What is it? This board feels different. Hollow. <coughs> so it does. And look how the blood stains stop. As if the blood seeped in through the floor in this spot. Hand me, darling. Pardon me? Uh, it's Sonny's crowbar. He loaned it to me. Kind of him. <sighs> Come on, darling! Ah! There's a hole under the floor. Not a hole, Hannah. A tunnel. Climbing down into that dark, musty tunnel, I was reminded of Jack's warning about pirates and smugglers in New York. I hoped we wouldn't run into any such unsavory characters. I can't see a thing. We're gonna need light. Wait, I think I see. There's a lantern hanging on the wall. You have a match? No, but you have the crowbar, and the side of the tunnel is made of rock. I have some yarn for my sewing kit. That's a good idea. Observe. I strike the rock with the crowbar. Yes. I'm observing you trying out my idea. Energy and persistence conquer all things. I provide the persistence, and the rock provides the energy. Provides the energy. Provides the energy. Amazing. Quick, Hannah. Like the wick inside the lantern. What is it? Something just ran over my foot. Something large ran over my foot. Probably just a rat. <laughs> rats? There are rats in this tunnel? This is New York, Ben. There are rats everywhere. <laughs> Dear listener, I may have been fibbing earlier when I told you I was afraid of only two things. Thought, in addition to my fear of heights and lightning, I also suffered from an acute case of neurophobia, named for the taxonomic family Muridae that encompasses mice, gerbils, and rats. I truly, deeply hate rats. Shh! There are three of them huddled over there, and they're not gonna like hearing you say that. What? Where? I'm joking. There are only two. This is amusing to you. It's funny that the notorious fugitive Benjamin Franklin is afraid of rodents. Okay, rodents caused the plague in Europe. Their history's worst monsters, and rats are the worst of them, with their sharp teeth and the wiry, wiry tails. Can we just please keep going? All right. I'll lead the way so you don't get... <gasps> Hannah, what is it? More rats? I'll shine the light and see if it scares them away. But it wasn't a rat that emerged in the glow of the lantern. It was a face. A very human face staring back at us wide-eyed. Print? Sir? Ben? It's him! Him who? Mad George! Mr. Williamson, it's me, Hannah Bowen. Uh, Hannah? Uh, Mr. Williamson, 
I've been looking everywhere for you. Uh, the name's Franklin, Benjamin Franklin. I'm a real admirer of your writing. Uh, was it you who sent me the note about the pig's blood? <laughs> yes. Uh, Hannah. I came last night to see if you had the certificate for me. Uh, print the story. What? Uh, what story? Uh, print the truth. Mr. Williamson, we don't understand. Print the truth. Are you all right, sir? It's then that mad George Williamson, printer of the New York Spectator, defender of truth and justice, took two steps and fell forward right in front of us. Mr. Williamson! George! Ben, do you see? There's a knife sticking in his back! He's been murdered. Follow Young Ben Franklin on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening right now. The next episode will be out in a week.